Hello and welcome to the Huddersfield Town Preview Show in association with Sports Broker. I'm pleased today to be joined by former town striker Ewan Roberts and the examiner Stephen Chicken. How are you two both doing this afternoon? Good, thank, thank you. you. Good, thank you. Good, good. Um, before we get into anything serious, I've been I've been told that the first uh, matter on the agenda, Ewan, should be a discussion of a, a famous game back in the day that you played in for town uh, against Bury. 4-0 down, I think it was. 4-0 at the end of the day. Do you want to uh, give us your, your review oh, yeah. of that game? Well, you talk about highs and lows, Raj. Um, it, it was an unforgettable game and I, I still get reminded of it today by, by Huddersfield Town fans. Um, as you say, 4-0 down after about 24 minutes. <laughs> and I was speaking to you earlier, I, I just wanted the ground to, to open up and swallow it. Honestly, I just wanted to get out of gig lane because uh, it looked as if it could be eight or nine. <laughs> uh, but we, we, we got one back just before half-time where Chris Marsden crossed from, from the right-hand side. And it wasn't like Marsden, to be fair, because he was all left foot, but he put a good ball across <laughs> the six-yard box. And I, I just got in front of my defender, Pulled one back, and I, at least I was thinking, well, at least I've done my job, at least I've scored. But we came out in the second half, and we were so determined. Obviously, Owen at half-time earned his money, to be fair, with with the telling off, I, uh, that's <laughs> the term I'll use, that, that, that he gave us. Um, Phil Starbuck scored two, two cracking goals, and I really enjoyed playing up front with, with Starby. And then just as we thought time was running out, a young Simon Island made a great run down the the right hand side and put a great just stood a great ball to the back post, and there was me to get my head onto it in front of well, it must have been three and a half, four thousand town fans behind that goal. Um, it was, I mean, it was great scenes. It really, really was. Yeah. And as I said to you, I, I still get reminded of it. Probably one of the best games I've ever been in. At four nil down, believe you me, it was <laughs> one of the worst games I've ever been involved in. Stephen, I can't think of many other examples of, of four alls and that sort of sense. I think Newcastle did it against Arsenal. Say, at home yeah. One, yeah. But other than that, there's, there's not many where that happens. No. The only one I can think of is a two-legged, uh, Liverpool and Barcelona. But uh, yeah. no, yeah, it's, uh, I think three you see now and then, but you get, don't yeah. get many fours, do you? No. You, you say, is, is there any town games other than that one that, that stick out particularly for you in your, at all? Um, there is. I mean, because I had a hard time when I first joined the club. I mean, I was a young lad. I was coming for a, a record fee at the time of 275 grand. How, how times have changed over <laughs> over the years with transfer fees. Um, I was taking the place of Craig Maskell, who's been magnificent at the football club, you know, club legend. And I did feel the pressure, to be honest with you. And I got off to not the, not the best of starts, but I think the game that sort of changed my Huddersfield Town career. We were playing Bradford away um, at Valley Parade. We had, I think we had half the ground. We had the goal, we had the, the stand behind the goal where the, the, where, the, where the tunnel is and we had all down one side of Valley Parade. So we had magnificent yeah. support being a local derby. Um, and we were 2-0, we found ourselves 2-0 down at half time. <laughs> I was thinking, here we go again. Me, yeah. it, it is, isn't it? It is. <laughs> and, and to get into the dressing room, you have to go down into that corner, right-hand corner. And, yeah. you know, we were getting dogs abused from town fans, and rightly so. We knew what a big game it was. We knew that first half was nowhere near, near good enough. And in the second half, we came out once again. We we came back, and I got both goals. And I think that from being 2-0 down to coming back to 2-2 against our local rivals in such a big game, scored two, I think there were two decent headers, 
and that's when I think I started slowly winning the the town's faithful over, and I, I probably didn't look back from from then on. To be honest, it was sort of halfway through my first season, um, and I think that's the game that yeah. stands out as if that's the game that turned my Huddersfield Town career. Yeah, we we talk a lot about terrier spirit at the club at the moment in time. It's something that we we sort of used to embody what the club's all about and the ethos of everything. And, and those sort of afternoons and occasions seem as if you know that's the reason why we do it. It's not something that's brand new or or hasn't been at the club before. It's clearly something that's been the identity of town for for decades, or if not longer. Absolutely, you know, it comes from a solid fan base. I think it comes from a really close knit dressing room with with a great team spirit which we had you know we had some proper good lads in in that dressing room we had some experienced pros we had, we had some young lads but we were really together you know we were good friends um we we, we played hard believe you me we partied hard as well um, <laughs> so and, and that sort of team bonding whatever you want to call it sort of i think it, it carries you a long way it really really does you, yeah. you get a feeling for, for one another, for your teammate. You want to do well for him. He wants to do well for you. Yeah. Um, and, and back then, you know, that's it's one, if not, yeah, it's one of the best dressing rooms I've ever been involved in. That's great to hear. Stephen, it's interesting actually listening to that because the way that Ewan talks about that team is is how the lads currently in the town dressing room talk about the current side. Is Do you think that's probably one of the reasons why... You know, Ewan looks at that period so fondly that the lads that are doing so well at the club now will likely do so a few years down the line at the current setup. Yeah, of course. I mean, every, you know, it's the same as any workplace. If you're working with a good bunch of people that you get on with and, you know, you feel like you're all in it together, I think, especially in sport, obviously, where, you know, where the team ethos is, is so important. Um, of course, you want to, you know, these are memories that that people are going to take through their careers and you only get one crack at it don't you so yeah you want to make the most of it while you can and you know I think I think everyone can see that it isn't just lip service because I think quite often um you know it's kind of a sort of a bit of a lazy cliche that people will, will reach for is you know how's mood it how's the mood in the dressing room and all of this and yeah um but I think with with you know we've said it throughout the season with town it it, it seems to be genuinely true and I think we've seen it a lot in in results on the pitch recently, you know, coming back from behind to beat Premier League opposition in the FA Cup, really, really digging in uh, to keep clean sheets against Blackburn and Nottingham Forest last two games as well. And, you know, a couple of, you know, coming from behind as well against uh, Blackpool and, and yeah. Bristol City before that, you know, that, that it's been a really good run of results for town, just looking at it on paper. But when you actually look at, dig in and look at the games themselves, there's a lot to be proud of in this team. And, you know, I think those are the kind of results in those circumstances that you don't get unless there is genuinely that that spirit in the team. Yeah, of course. We're going to come on to town present day in a second. But before we move on from Ewan's era, there's, there's one question that I wanted to ask you, and which might be correct or, or might not be. But while we're discussing town strikers that were decent with their head, is it true that a certain Andy Booth cleaned your boots when he was in the academy here? Yeah, Boothie was a, a young lad um, when while I was at the club coming through the, the youth team system uh, with with one or two others. And back then, I mean, I don't think they're allowed to do it these days, right? I don't, don't think it's allowed that these youngsters who are, who are learning their trade, they don't have to clean the dressing room, clean the baths, clean the toilets, um, clean boots. 
you know, uh, and back then, back then, I think each professional or each apprentice, apprentice had three or four professionals that that he had to look after. But it's not like nowadays where they had twenty pairs of boots to clean. You probably had, <laughs> you probably had three. But yeah, Boothy was my uh, was my apprentice. He was the one that got my kit out before every session. Um, took it to good old Nelly in the in the in the laundry, so so it got washed, ready for the for the next day. But yeah, he was he weren't a bad boot boy to be fair. And whatever <laughs> he tells you, Raj, believe you me, he got a bloody good tip at Christmas. <laughs> good, good. Well, well, next time he's on the show, we'll have to bring it up with him and and speak to. Him. We'll have to get you both on together at some point, and that'll be that'll be nice. Um, I'm sure people will enjoy that. But Stephen, as, as you were touching on, if we we talk about Town's current form, how much have you got to see in a, a, of Town this season? You and have you managed to keep up with our results and, and performances? I've, I've I've seen one or two games on the TV. I've I've seen highlights of of some of your games, but obviously because of the work that I do. It's it's hard for me to. Um, I saw the game at. Um, I keep calling it the Liberty, but it's the Swansea Dot Cox Stadium. <laughs> I saw, I saw, I saw that game back in at the end of, of September. Uh, the game which I thought probably Swansea did deserve to win. They probably could have got more than the one goal that they that they scored. But uh, you know, you look at where you finished last season, and uh, you know, and where you are at the minute. I mean, you finished last season in 20th, 49 points. You've already got 40 points this season. So that tells me all I need to know. And I, I look at, I'm a big believer in, in statistics and analysing games and, and one thing or another. I know you and Swansea uh, are possession-based teams. I know that you that both believe in, in keeping the ball. You know, the, the stats possession-wise from both teams are up there with the, the very very best in uh, yeah. in the championship. Yeah, that, that's true. I think the the possession is something that, that Carlos has been speaking about. Stephen, you were in the the press conferences earlier with the, the head coach and Josh Caroma. Was there anything about the prep or, or Swansea themselves that, that either of those two let on to as, as far as preparation goes? Well, Carlos sort of alluded to the fact that you know. Swansea actually changed their shape uh, in the last game for the FA Cup for the first time this season. And I think that sort of has him wondering whether they're going to sort of stick to that shape or whether they're going to go back to what they've normally played. And I think he need to be mindful that he needs to have something in his back pocket to cover a couple of different shapes. But I think he does that anyway. You know, for instance, you know, we talked about after Nottingham Forest and he talked about how he picked Ollie Turton because it enabled yeah. him to either play a four or a three, depending mm-hmm. on on how things unfolded. So I think Carlos is always kind of mindful of that. And against Blackburn, you know, obviously the conditions were what they were. The ball was getting caught in puddles an awful lot. <laughs> um, and, you know, the town did struggle the first 15 minutes because they were trying to sort of pass through it. And eventually they had to sort of change shape to to give themselves more of a an out ball and 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 change their approach there. So I think Carlos is sort of one of the big things that I, I would say he's learned over sort of his 18 months at town is I think he's he's getting better and better at adapting to things in game. Uh, and I think he'll have something in mind for for whatever Swansea throw against them. But the uh, the other thing was he, he said that he feels that Swansea's performances have been better than the results would suggest. Okay. Um, you know, that they're down in 17th, uh, although, 
league positions as town know and as Carlos pointed out sort of are a little bit meaningless at the moment because everyone's played different numbers of games but still Swansea having played sort of the fewest of anyone down in 17th they're on not a great run of form they've, they've lost all their last three in the league but I think Carlos was trying to say look they're, they're better than don't go thinking that this is uh, a bottom half side this is the team that, that were beaten in the playoff final last year we need to take them seriously. Yeah, is that a fair summation, Ewan? Because obviously that you look at the current form and, and it doesn't look the greatest on paper, but with, with Carlos saying that the performances have actually been better than that might suggest, is, is that true? Um, I, was up at, I was up at Middlesbrough uh, going back a good few weeks now because, as you said, they haven't played in the league since, uh, since Nottingham Forest uh, beat them at home by four. That was a bad performance. You know, and, yeah. and it was a big game for, for, for Swansea. Steve Cooper going back with Nottingham Forest and and it was a comfortable afternoon for, for Forrest putting four past putting four past um, Ben Hamer in, in the goal. Um, they're, they're having one of those periods in, in the season which I think every club in the Championship goes through. I think every club in, in this division has a sort of a, a hiccup, a blip, but it's how you how you make that blip as short as possible. That's the, I mean, you know, I think they won one in their last seven, including the lost to Southampton in the Cup. That, the win came away at Barnsley uh, in, in South Yorkshire. They're conceding far too many goals. You know, they're, they're, and I think the problem that Russell's got, I don't think he knows his best back five at the minute. Okay. And I, th- I think they will go back to a back five. I think that's the way, that's the way he's played all of, his, all, all of the championship games this season. You know, they've lost Ethan Laird, who was on loan from Manchester United. He's a big loss. He offered so much going forward. They brought Cyrus Christie in from Fulham, who Swansea fans will hope will will play as well as as what Ethan did on that right hand side. But yeah, they've just they had a slow start. Raj, they only won once in their first eight games, but they were defensively solid. I think they they kept yeah. clean sheets in four of those eight games. I think in in their first twelve games they conceded seven clean sheets, mm-hmm. and that's the problem. They've only kept two in their last nine. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, they conceded three at home against against Reading, which you look at the position Reading are in now. But they, they had a good side on their day. They're capable of beating anybody in this league. You know, I saw them at Coventry back in September, um, and, and they were outstanding. And that was the first defeat that Coventry had had in their own stadium. They, they, they beat West Brom at home. They've beaten yeah. Huddersfield at home. Uh, they they comfortably beat Cardiff in a massive game for the football club. I, I, they went to Bournemouth. They went to Bournemouth and for half an hour, Bournemouth couldn't get a kick. But once they conceded, once they conceded that first goal, you know, Bournemouth then went on and, and, and scored and put forward against them. But on their day, they're capable of, of playing some scintillating football. Is it is, is the strength of the side then up front with, with Patterson and Perot? Is that where the, the team well, really comes alive in the final third? I, I mean, if, if you can keep them quiet, you, you, you look at, they don't score enough goals. I think the midfield three of Corey Smith, Matty Grimes, who I think is a tremendous player, probably one of the best midfield players in in the, and uh, young lad they got signed from Ipswich, who's done really well thin downs. They've only scored one goal between them. Okay, you know Swansea have only scored twenty six goals this season. I think nineteen of them have come from the two boys that you've you've mentioned, Patterson and Piru. Mm-hmm. You know, no, I, I hadn't really did know much of Joe Piru until he signed. I think he scored three goals um, uh, for. One for PSV and two at Rotterdam last season on loan. But he's been yeah. magnificent, mate. Honestly, his movement is not the biggest, but he's strong. He's got that little bit of nastiness, scores all types of goals. Um, yeah. And yeah, they, they've scored 19 goals between them. 
So if you, if Huddersfield can keep those two quiet, then got a great chance of, of going on to win the game. Yeah, that seems to be the the trick, doesn't it, Stephen? With with those two up front for Swansea and and obviously making the most of when you do have possession because they keep the ball so well under under Russell Martin as well. It's an interesting one. It's one that we we talked about a few weeks ago as well um, with Blackburn and, and Forest. Huddersfield are in a unique position of having fulfilled all of our fixtures, and there's an element of you know good practice and. Uh, you know, the health department deserves all their props for, for putting all the protocols in place and everything. There's a huge slice of luck in there as well, I'm sure. Um, but Swansea are on the opposite end of that. They haven't played a league fixture since the, the start of December. And, and as you were saying before, they have so many games in hand, but they have the same amount of period to, to fulfil those in as, as Huddersfield do to play their game. So it's, it's strange. Which position would you, you rather be in almost? Would you rather have the points on the board and having won the games and played them like Huddersfield? Or would you rather maybe have them in your back pocket like Swansea do. It's, it's an odd one to, to sort of get your head around, isn't it? Yeah, I think I think you'd always rather have the points, to be honest. Like, you know, I think I think if Town had, uh, had lost had lost the games that they'd played while <laughs> others have been postponed, then we'd be saying, oh, look at these teams, they've got their games in hand. But the fact that Town have actually picked up the points is uh, is a positive, really. And you're right, yeah. I think I think it is, you know, I think it's, it's a tough game. It's a... You know, I'm not sure which way it goes in terms of, you know, it's odd to have such an enormous gap between fixtures in a league season. So hard to know which way that's going to go. But I think you're right to sort of highlight the the attacking threat that Swansea have. I think Piro is, you know, an exceptional finisher. He can sort of, he's one of those players who can sort of score out of seemingly nothing. And, and one he of made the difference who, in that first game of the yeah, season. Yeah, and he's also one of those players from sort of what I've seen of him who who like seems like he'll be having a quiet game and then suddenly yeah. he's scored <laughs> and he'll, he, you know, he'll get two kind of thing. So, um, no, he's... Um, but also, I think at the other end of the pitch, you know, I've been looking at, um, you know, I always keep track of XG and things like that. And the Swansea game is the lowest XG town have had, the reverse fixture, have had all season in the league. Okay. They only had an XG of 0.15. They really didn't create very much of, of real note against Swansea. Yeah. Um, so I think there's there's an obvious sort of area for improvement there. I think we know that Swansea like to have the ball, uh, whether they're home or away, and they like to keep possession. And um, it'd be interesting to see how, how Carlos goes, goes about sort of tackling that. Um, this time around, and whether he tries, you know, tries what he tried last time and do it better, uh, or whether he, he looks to do something else because he has been changing things up, changing up his shape quite a lot recently. To be fair, yeah, it's 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 something that um, has been a feature of the the town selection. There's been a few more people being swapped in and out, and a, a little bit more um, unexpectedness about who's going to be in the starting eleven, which is is good to see and, and ensures the sort of strength and depth that the squad has this year. Uh, we saw that plenty at, at Burnley with you know Ruffles, Russell's making their, their first appearances. Nick Blockerpitch coming off the, the bench and, and playing really well as well in his first senior appearance of, of any kind. One thing that I wanted to, to touch on with you, Ewan, is um, I'm not sure if you're aware of this or not, but I'll fill you in. The club have done a, a, a ticket offer um, for this match, yeah. with it being the first home game of the season. Um, reduced tickets across the, the ground to £5, regardless of your age, regardless of where you sat. Uh, just to, to sort of encourage as many people as, as they can to to get into the ground and, and get behind the lads, especially on the back of such a good run and, and the start of the new year, turning over a new leaf and all those sorts of things. How much of a difference does it make to, to your team, to your players, to have a huge support behind you, know that there's going to be a big crowd in? Does that 
add a bit of good pressure? Is it uh, encouragement? How does that go over for a, for somebody who's, who's preparing for a game? I think all of those things, right, to be honest with you. I mean, we've all sort of experienced over the past 18 months with everything that's happened, you know, playing games behind closed doors, no yeah. atmosphere, players having to generate their own atmosphere. And it, let's be honest, it's not the same. You know, it's, I, I think I think the the players and, and, and the clubs have done so well to, to perform to the level that they've had when there's been no spectators in the stadium. But yeah, it just makes a world of difference. There's, there's no there's no better feeling when you're walking out that tunnel and, and, and you can see you can see the, the stand opposite, you know, chock a block, you can you can hear the atmosphere. Um, and I think that's a fantastic gesture that Huddersfield have, have done. I was, I was talking about it yesterday. Um, I've got a podcast on the BBC with, with Ellis James and Danny Gavin, and we were talking about this gesture that Huddersfield have done, £5 a ticket for Swansea fans to go up and support and support their team. And Cardiff are playing in Bristol City next, next, next weekend. I think Bristol are charging £35 <laughs> for, for, for the away ticket. So, you know... I, Hats off to Huddersfield Town for, yeah. for for that gesture. It's a great, and it is. Listen, you better have I mean, someone sat in the seat for five pound than, than an empty seat. That yeah. someone not sitting there. Um, so it, there should be an absolute bumper crowd, bumper crowd even at the at the John Smith Stadium. And uh, as I said, I don't get up too often, but I'm really looking forward to coming back tomorrow. Good, good. We're, I think everyone's excited to have you as well. It's it's an offer that's been extended. Obviously, to, to Swansea fans, they've obviously taken that up in, in great number as well. They're not, not able to go and watch their own team at home, unfortunately, given the, the current restrictions in, in Wales. Is, is that something that you've had good feedback on from them? They're excited yeah. to come oh, down in the thousand. Honestly, they can't wait because, as you say, they've they've not played since the 11th. Yeah, they're, they're a home game last week. I mean, they could go to the pub next door to the Swansea.com stadium and watch it, but they couldn't go into the stadium itself to... Uh, <laughs> To, to see their team play, so yeah, I think I think they're excited, um, and and I think they're excited with the whole project and the whole new feeling of okay, they they, they might be in a bit of a bad time, bad moment in the season, but I think they've got every belief and every faith in Russell Mine, and even though they've not won as many games and as many points as they would have liked, yeah, they're, you know they're, they're enjoying the football that they're that they're seeing under Russell Martin. so I'm, I'm sure they will enjoy. Once again, even though they haven't had the best of times up in uh, West Yorkshire, I think they've only they've not won away at Huddersfield since two thousand and eight. I think only won once in their last ten away oh, games wow. against Huddersfield. So um, it's not been the happiest of hunting grounds for. It was four for one last season, four one to town last season here as well. So that 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 feeds into that uh, runner history. Um, Stephen, something I wanted to touch on with you um, on the back of this this offer and the the, the crowd that's going to be at the John Smiths is uh, you seem to be telling people that one of your first games covering town was when they got relegated from the Premier League. That seems to be a favourite statistic of yours. Uh, give it with that in mind. Is this one of the sort of the the happiest and best atmospheres and, and healthiest you've seen the atmosphere around the club and the the relationship between the fans and the fan base is. Is this one of the the sort of the, the peaks that you've had in in your time covering town so far? I've been covering town for for twelve years, just not for the Examiner. Uh, they were one of my Yorkshire clubs, but yeah, my first game for the Examiner was that Palace away game, the relegation day. So sorry about that. Although I think we've established, <laughs> I don't think was, that was your fault. 
No, it wasn't me. No, there wasn't. We can it, blame it if you me, want. But uh, we'll leave that there. <laughs> but um, no, I mean, yeah, I think to be fair, you know, obviously when I when I started at the Examiner, it was, you know, it had been a really long, hard, difficult season for everyone and things were quite fractious. There was, you know, the, the takeover was, was rumbling on as well, which is always sort of a, you know, a time of a lot of, of questions for, for fans and, um, you know, going back to the championship. And then obviously they had that, that terrible start um, to life back in the championship. And, you know, last season it was behind closed doors. Um, so, yeah, it's uh, it, it's been a rough ride for fans last few years. I think it's fair to say. I don't think anyone at the club is sort of shying away from that. Um, but, uh, you know, I think everyone's sort of trying to uh, push, push things in the right direction. Um, I'll, you know... <laughs> Obviously, I'll you know, people. There's been ups and downs with that as well, but uh, yeah, I, I think at the moment it's it's a positive moment. Obviously, you know, seven games unbeaten in all competitions, won an FA Cup game for the first time in four years against um, Premier League opposition, no Premier less. League opposition from behind. So you know, and and you know, this crowd is going to be surely, I think, maybe the the biggest crowd you've had since uh, since coming back to the championship I, I would I would imagine so it's definitely the highest gear to the yeah. seat yeah it'll be close to it so I think it's I think this is a chance to maybe get some of those those fans who have maybe not been to the John Smith for a few years oh, obviously no one was there last year but um, that, that maybe haven't been for a while or maybe lapsed fans or, or whatever it might be to get yeah. a few of those fans into the uh, into the ground and hopefully put on a performance to to make people go, do you know what? We'll uh, we'll come back to this again. This was uh, a lot of fun. <laughs> it's actually fun watching Huddersfield Town now. Yeah, I think the the intention is is obviously to to put on a, a performance and, and have a bit of a a uh, an occasion for for people to enjoy and, and hopefully that is the the case for for town. I'm sorry, you and uh, the best of Swansea for the rest of the season, but but not tomorrow, unfortunately. <laughs> Um, thank you both to, for, to, for both of you for, for your time this afternoon and uh, I look forward to seeing you both tomorrow. Brilliant, thank you. Excellent, thank you very much to, to the two of you and, and thanks to Sport. Thanks Club boys, thank you.